Blog Talk Radio. Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Competition. 
I mean, did you see that cat play tonight? <laughs> I mean, he was doing it against number one defense. So I think that uh, if they were, if they go politically correct and based on money, they gave it to Flynn. But if you based on a competition, I think you'd have to start Russell Wilson to see how, see what happens. Which one do you think gives Sidney Rice a better chance to be a legitimate wide receiver three in this league again? With Sydney? Um, yeah, I don't, Rice might be a little bit farther away than than people think. There, there probably could be – I mean, I think Braylon has a real opportunity if uh, if Wilson's named the starter because they've been working together the most. they got a lot of reps. Yeah. Braylon so, Edwards, a uh, little bit of a resurgence there, huh? Yeah, because yeah. I know people on the team, so kind of I get some good information sometimes. But, yeah, Braylon's been making plays every day, they say, just going after the ball and catching it. And it's a big part of uh, Carroll's offense if you watch it at USC. I live in Los Angeles, so I'm forced to watch it with the USC games all the time. But that's his offense. He goes pound, 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 bomb. You know, pound, pound, dumper, dumper, bomb. So, you know, you need somebody to execute bombs. I love the dumpers, man. Clinton Portis and honor Clinton Portis retiring, man. Portis loved those dumpers, man. <laughs> yeah, there's there's gonna be you know, that's the that's the that's the whole strategy, right? You gotta get the dump king as your number two back. <laughs> the PPR leagues, that's the uh that's the value in the high stakes world. This is Red vs. Blue High Stakes Fantasy Radio, brought to you by the FPA, the Fantasy Players Association. This is FPA Radio. We stream live every Friday night, eleven PM Eastern on Blog Talk Radio, thefantasysportschannel.com, fsc.fm. We stream live on iTunes. Uh, if you want to download the podcast, you can pull us up and uh, pull us up on your iPod or MP3 player. You're listening to Scott Atkins. Mark Deming is our guest tonight. We're going to grill Mark. We're not going to make it easy on him. We, uh, we're going to throw the gauntlet at you, dude. Uh, let's last let's week, do it because that's, that's why we're all here, right? So, I'm, you know, like I told you before I came on the show, I love talking fantasy. I'm, just like everybody else, let's let's do it. We've uh, we had John Rozek on the show last week, so we're following up number one with number two. I don't know how the rankings are going to shake out this year with Amos rankings. We're still waiting on those things to to be released. But uh, you you're, you're uh, you have a good reputation in the industry. You played in a lot of big leagues, one of a, a lot of uh, big tough leagues that people would never consider uh, putting their money at, at, on the line. Not to brag, but it, it is. Uh, it is something. We always watch these guys. If you haven't played high stakes before, we always watch these guys. There is something to the way they draft, to the way they construct their teams that makes them winners pretty much every year. They might have a down year here or there, you know, because sometimes you go all in on some guys and it doesn't work out for injuries. We saw Jamal Charles last year. If you, if you loved him, rightfully so, he went down. And yep. there's not a lot you can do to recover from a, losing a first-round pick, especially when there's not a true handcuff there. But, hey, uh, most of the time, these guys that uh, are cashing every year, the Chad Schroeders, the Kimmer Schleichers, uh, these, 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 these teammates, they know how to build a team, and they know how to work that waiver wire. So, so Mark, right off the bat, we've got a couple of categories that we, uh, we grilled John on last week. Okay. And so let's start with the, the first one. You get that first <laughs> pick. You might be somewhere between 1 and 12. For the most part, we play 12-team leagues here in high stakes. The first round bust. I've heard – Taking a quarterback, I've heard, uh, uh, <clears throat> um, you know, the Chris Johnsons of the world. What is your first round bust, or is there one? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you got to see what kind of format first before you, you know, call a bust. Um, 
I did this question for uh, Emil Cadillac's magazine two months ago, and I had Ryan Matthews as my first round bust because I saw him. He was, you know, he was a, going ADP like five and six, and I didn't like that at all. So that was yeah. my answer then. But Mr. I don't know if that counts now. <laughs> but so I, I already feel like I nailed it. Now I got to do another one because first yeah. round bust. First round bust is tough. So. I would say the guy that I would stay away from in the first round that people are drafting right now is Maurice Jones-Drew. I wouldn't draft him in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, he has been falling quite a bit. Um, we just uh, went to a Draft Sharks. Uh, we were in the Draft Sharks Invitational August League uh, the other night, and actually Maurice Jones-Drew fell to 211 in that league. Uh, so I think some savvy owners, some of the high-stakes crew, they, they kind of know the deal there that, uh, MJD is no longer a first-round pick. Let me read you off this first round. Tell me what you think, anything that stands out to you. This is a PPR league. Uh, start one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, and a flex. So this is the traditional W. Koff scoring. Okay. This was LaShawn McCoy, Arian Foster, Chris Johnson, Ray Rice through four. Calvin Johnson, Darren McFadden through six. Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Graham Jamal Charles, DeMarco Murray, Julio Jones, and Tom Brady. Anything stand out there to you? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't draft Jamal Charles there. That's our. That's our. That's our good friends at Football Diehards, by the way. That was not Emil Cadillac drafting. That was Bob Harris, and he that's took Bob Jamal Pick. Charles. Yeah, because he's you know it's because Charles looks awesome preseason. He's bouncing around and he looks like he's got his legs. He does. He does. Good. But um, I think they're going to. I think they're going to. Everyone's going to touch the ball in the Kansas City offense. I don't know if it's going to be the old Jamal Charles days. We'll see. But there's a better player. I th- I think that that was one I would identify as that would be my guy. That's my vote. All right, Jamal Charles for Mark Deming in that uh, in that first round draft. It is kind of tough, you know. The running backs they really dry up fast. Uh, for a for a stud dominant running back, I mean, you could take Matt Forte. There's rumors there that it's going to be a Michael Bush Matt Forte backfield, uh, kind of a split there. You have Adrian Peterson injury, Darren Sproles injury, Trent Richardson injury, Ryan Matthews injury, uh, MJD holdout. The only other one you got there that I mean, I know Marshawn Lynch has been falling. You're a Seahawks fan, so it might be a little biased for beast mode, but you've got Lynch and potentially Steven Jackson, Doug Martin in the second round. There's not a there's not a lot. If you don't get your running back in the first, you're really hurting. Yeah, you you just named them all, and then you got to throw throw Fred Jackson in those. You know, between uh, Stephen Jackson, Marshawn Lynch, and Doug Martin and Fred Jackson, you know you can get a a pretty. You know, he might not be the sexiest guy on paper, but at the end of the day, like Fred Jackson can get 18 points just as easy as some of the guys going ahead of him. So I think you could. You can still get a, a productive guy. It's just not the doesn't have the glitz and glamour of the first round guys. So we've gotten the first round bust out of you. We do do the rapid fire every week. Uh, rapid fire Friday nights uh, is our is our thing here. Um, tonight's rapid fire is a little bit different. We we took the route of saying, okay, look, you did go ahead and score your your running your RB one in the first round. Maybe you grabbed a, maybe you had a top five or six pick. You took your running back. Mm-hmm. And after four or five rounds, we made our picks. We took our wide receivers, maybe took a quarterback. Uh, so we're looking for that mid-round RB that you trust as your RB2. Okay. The mid-round RB that you trust as your RB2. And that's tough this year because, again, the running backs, there's lots of questions 
If you're not going RBRB and you wait, man, there's a slew of guys that are all in this neighborhood that are potential could-bes, but you're not real sure this year. Yep. So we threw this out on Twitter. Shane P. Hallam, uh, one of the friends on the show, he's in the chat room tonight. He ranks uh, our, our options. First of all, let me read the options to you. Donald Brown. This is rapid Brandon, fire, right? Michael Turner. The law firm, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Kevin Smith and Willis McGahee. There's a, there's a six-pack right there for you. I got my answer. Um, so, okay, well, let's, let's hear yours then. Uh, I, <clears throat> those selections, I would take Kevin Smith as my number two. Trusted number two. Okay. And so <clears throat> I think that the Lions are probably going to throw the ball an unprecedented amount. So I have Calvin's the top player on my board. I would take Calvin number one. That's kind of where I'm different than other people. But if I had the first pick in the draft, I would take Calvin. So that kind of lets you know where I'm going there. Yep. And I think that, that Kevin Smith is going to be the dump king. As we were talking about earlier, I think he's the really going to catch, you know, four or six dumpers a game. This is a dumper show, man. I love it. Kevin Smith uh, is a guy that uh, everybody saw what he could do last year in several big games. A little bit of a brittle back. Seems like he has that history. Uh, there's questions surrounding Frank Gore. Obviously, he played a full season last year and, and just barely finished you know, in the top 20. Michael Turner, there's questions about his age finally catching up to him. But something I've noticed about your drafts, Mark, in the past is you're not really the flashy kind of drafter, like the, the guy that's looking for the sexy picks. You 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 seem to, and this is just my impression, okay, so don't don't take offense here because it works, oh. uh, <laughs> but you seem to take those guys that aren't really the flashy guys, but they're the producers, and you're okay leaving the draft with those guys. And, and, and maybe in years past that might be a Michael Turner or that might be a, a Frank Gore or something like that. What is it about Michael Turner or Frank Gore that makes you feel like Kevin Smith is a little bit elevated more than more than those guys. Yeah, I think on paper that both the guys you mentioned, like if you were to rank those guys and on paper, you'd have to say Gore would probably be the best option, right? But we actually drafted him last year, and we it was it was a um, you know every week we had to put on our Frank Gore jersey and root that guy to you know ten points or twenty points. So right. <laughs> kind of learned the hard way, and and so if you go through that, that you're telling yourself that I'm really going to go through that again. Um, so that's where my hesitancy comes with him and and Kevin Smith I, or Turner. If they if they end up spreading around like they're talking about doing and uh, involving uh, Jacques Rogers a little bit more, then you know. But 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 Turner could be a, you know Turner could be a great number two. It just depends on if you believe in that you know Atlanta system and the age of a running back. He sure is a big cat though. I mean tonight he looks pretty good. Turner, uh, he he was born in '82, so he's he's just now that reaching that 30-year plateau. But he was a top 10 back last year, 300 carries, 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns. He doesn't get the receptions. He never has, never will. 17 receptions. The funny thing is that Frank Gore had just about as many carries, had the exact same amount of receptions. That's the biggest change with Frank Gore that people have to realize, in my opinion. He's the guy that used to get the 50-60 reception marks, but now he doesn't, and they bring in all kinds of weapons. They bring in Jacobs for goal line. They've got LaMichael James and Kendall Hunter, and it's just going to get worse for him, you would think. He had the first half of the year, he looked pretty good. Three 20-point games, a 19-point game, and a 15-point game. That's the first 
you know, that's some nice games, but the second half, it was all downhill for Frank Gore. Only one game of 16 points or more in the second half of the season. You just can't have that from a, from a, it looks like he really hit the wall last year. And so I can see why people are, are selling on Frank Gore. Shane P. Hallam in, in the, uh, on Twitter, he puts his list of Gore, number one, D. Brown, number two, Turner, number three, McGahee, four, the Law Firm, five, and Kevin Smith, six. Isn't it interesting how people Complete can have just totally different viewpoints on this stuff in the fantasy world? It's just, and, and we just don't know how what it's going to be. It could be that, or it could be Kevin Smith's number one out of this group. You never know. We also have Matthew Bingham at MWB27 on Twitter. He writes, McGahee one, Smith two, Gore three, Turner four, Donald Brown five, and the law firm six. So not a lot of faith in the law firm. Uh, Mark, let's go ahead and get your finals, your your six. Can, can we rank those? You've got Kevin Smith one. You've got Brown, Gore, Turner, the law firm, and McGahee. Wow. All right. Uh, I would say if I had Kevin Smith one, Frank Gore two, Michael Turner three, Willis McGahee four, Donald Brown five, the law firm six. Not a lot of love for the law firm. Uh, some some people like what they saw in New England, and uh, you know obviously if you get that many looks inside the, around the goal line, it, it's not going to be bad. I don't think he's ever fumbled. I think was the stat I heard the other day, but. You know that that's kind of interesting, but uh, for for me, I I have to put Kevin Smith number one out of that group as well. I have Donald Brown two, McGahee three, uh, Turner four, Law Firm five, and Gore six. I won't touch Gore. Okay, he he's not on my radar. But if I had to rank him, I would put him six just because I don't have any faith at all, even with that. Um, Defense, you know, is going to put him in good position. I just saw that wall got hit last year in the second half. And the, and the other thing about, about San Francisco, the other thing about them is, is if, you know, watching all the games last year with Gorick, Kendall Hunter is such a good football player, they have to get him on the field. He's, I mean, he's, if he was on another team, you'd be hearing about him a lot more. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. This is Red versus Blue High Stakes Radio. We looks like we have Michael Trent coming in and logging in from a remote location. The big blue, the big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, is here. Mikey, what do you say, bud? Hey, what's going on, Scott? How you guys doing? What's happening? Tell us about this draft you were in tonight, Mikey. We've got the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship draft coming up this weekend. Uh, you've got a nice trophy sitting there waiting for you. You also have a free entry into the high stakes league, the FFPC this week, uh, you know, coming up in Vegas. So I know you and Rachel are, are stoked to be doing that. Tell us yep. about the draft you had tonight and what's going on. Uh, well, you know, we do, I drafted out of the, uh, the 10 hole. And, uh, again, it's just kind of, do you want to go, uh, quarterback, uh, tight end, what have you. But, uh, you know, there's just a lot of different situations that can happen. Uh, I went ahead and uh, got Jimmy Graham uh, at the 10th spot. We had uh, a 12-team draft, and, you know, it's pretty contentious draft. Uh, you know, it's not bad. So I went ahead and got uh, Jimmy Graham and uh, was able to get, uh, you know, a quarterback on the, on the tail end. So, uh, you know, it wasn't too bad. And 
I was able to get a couple running backs. So, you know, I really, I really don't like that ten spot, eleven spot, twelve spot. So, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, Sunday uh, going when you got when you have to bid for it. Uh, I would bid. I would bid a lot of money uh, for the. Uh, I would say four through uh, eighth, ninth spot. Mike, be a little more specific for us, buddy. Let me hear. Do you, do you have your list in front of me? What's your first four picks? I don't have them in front of me. Heck, are you kidding me? I can't even remember my first four first four drives today. <laughs> I, I play golf. I play golf. I mean, you can play the do the buzzer meter all day long. I mean, I played eighteen holes. <laughs> And Mike, I was te- I was taken to heck to shoot seventy seven today. Uh, but bottom line is, uh, I I do not want to draft between ten, eleven, twelve, or one, two, and three. I want the four through nine positions. You give me that all you want, and that's what that's what I want to bid on. This dude, uh, Mark, this dude won his league in Kentucky. He's going to be in Vegas sitting at a seat at the FFPC, and the dude can't remember his first four picks. That's, that's, that's yeah. how you do it. You don't worry about it. You just, get a, you just draft. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, like Mike we've got a rapid fire going on. We've, uh, we've had a couple of responses on Twitter. We've got a couple of emails. The email here is, at, is redblueradio at gmail.com. Uh, the Red Blue Radio inbox. We do have a couple of emails for Mark. This comes from Ralph uh, from Dallas, big time Cowboy fan here in a 12 teamer, slow draft, PPR, $500 entry fee. He has CJ2K, Julio, and Marshall. My options are Des Bryant, Stafford, or Demarius Thomas in the fourth. I want my boy Des. Mark, what would you do? I would absolutely take Stafford in the fourth, for sure. Uh, I'm not a Dez guy, so if you are a Dez guy and you really believe, I guess you got to get him because if, if you don't and he does his thing, it'll sting a lot. But I think Stafford could have an amazing year. Mike, what would you do there? Uh, we heard from Mark. He would take he would take um, Stafford. You've got he's got a uh, three guys. He's got Chris Johnson, Julio Jones, and Marshall. That's a good three. And then his options are Des Bryant, Stafford, or Demarius Thomas. Well, uh, I saw it tonight. Uh, you know, I wanted Des Bryant, and then he went. So that kind of left me uh, handcuffed, or not handcuffed, but left me not knowing what to do. So uh, I would go Des Bryant and Demarius Thomas next. All right. Mark, we're going to come back to you, buddy. We did the first round bust. You, you gave us MJD, and uh, that makes a lot of sense with a holdout. Even if he does come back, you're saying stay away. Uh, real quick, since you said MJD, uh, what do you think? If he doesn't sign, Rashad Jennings, what do you think of this kid? Yeah, he looks pretty good so far. I think a couple of us you know, have drafted him a couple of years ago, hoping for you know the, to have have him if, you, if MJD ever went down, if you take a late you know, running back. Uh, later in the draft, draft a couple athletic backups that might be able to do it if they get their opportunity. So I think now everybody's kind of seeing what uh, other people might have seen a little bit ago. 
you know, he's a big physical guy, he's fast. He probably knows the offense a little bit better than MJD if they've made changes around there. So that's going to mm-hmm. give him a little bit of leg up. I'm sure we are going to – go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I'm sure I missed a lot of show, but uh, what you, what's your guys' take on uh, MJD? I'm I'm sure you guys probably already talked on to yeah. uh, about it and things. And but uh, I think I think this guy is gonna if he doesn't sign for what he wants, I think he's gonna sign and uh, just go ahead and play the season out and the next season out. So uh, you guys talk on that much? Yeah, Mark Mark said he would avoid him in the first round. I don't know. I didn't get from Mark where he would take an MJD, but for me, uh, looking at draft boards, I mean, I have. I, I it's very hard to turn down. Um, you know, the AJ Greens of the world, uh, the Victor Cruz's of the world, Wes Welkers, Brandon Marshall's even, Hakeem Nix. I couldn't imagine taking an MJD who hasn't signed, who has a lot of bad blood going on. And I mean, that can work both ways. It could be. It could be something that he, that he fuels for motivation and says I'm going to get paid, or he says, you know what, I'm just going to play this thing out and I'm going to and I'm going to wait and I'm going to get a trade, uh, and you know, just kind of tanks it. What do you what do you think, Mark? About at what point does it make sense to go ahead and take an MJD with this contract situation? Uh, where where's where he going right now? Mid to late second. I mean, I think late in the second, you have to consider it. But I'm with you. I, I'd, I'd rather take the, the upstart guy. I'd rather have Julio Jones or A.J. Green or one of the tight ends or some, you know. I just We've all had MJD, and he's all carried us to the title at some point in time, but sometimes you got to let it go. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, he's old. He he put his you know he put his claws in, and then some of the stuff he came out with this week, it was a little bit away from his strategy because he – before he had gone with, the, I'm digging in, and I, you know, I'm not going to sign, and and now he's coming on saying I want to, I want to trade, I don't want to trade, I want to stay with the Jaguars. That's like, I just don't like the, I don't like the buying signs. Well, it's funny, Mark, because uh, in our draft tonight, you know, I mean, he just kept falling and falling and falling, and I just didn't know what to do, and uh, I didn't draft him. I mean, he went, uh, he went. I think it was two eleven, wasn't it? Rex two twelve, three one, three one. He went three one, and you know it's just like yeah, some you know, some guy well, got third probably. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I wish him well. I just don't know. I just think he yeah. should invest in somebody else. Very tough to take MJD. It's the fall from grace right now. I'd love to see him get paid. Uh, we do have. We do have Fantasy QB talking about, uh, he says, let's ask Jim Ursay. <laughs> Ursay's talking about a lot of trades on Twitter. He's up late nights hitting that bottle of Southern Comfort, man. This guy's on tilt, I'm telling you. Gosh. He's, um, he's, he's awesome. talking about Mike Wallace. You know, I would give up a first-rounder. If I'm the Colts and I've got Andrew Luck and an aging Reggie Wayne and an Austin Collie with King, I want to take full advantage of, of Andrew Luck from the get-go, man, right out the gate. And I think I would I would pay a first round pick for Mike Wallace, even if that first round pick is going to be a first top, a top half of the first round. Mark, what do you think about that call? Yeah, absolutely. It, would I trade a first round pick for Mike Wallace in a heartbeat? You're not going to find a receiver like him in college right now. I mean, you yeah. will, but he he's just he has so much speed and on, on that fast track with luck. I mean, you're absolutely right. Get, go get him a Colt. You know, <laughs> literally. 
I, I think they want a little bit more than that first rounder, and I think that's probably the problem, if they are even talking to uh, Ursay at all. But you never know. He's so cryptic with this stuff. Let's talk about the breakout player. Everybody loves to sign up for these websites. You know as, as well as I do. Uh, they love these websites, these information sites out there. BFD does it. Draft Sharks does it. All these different sites. They pull out their breakout player. And I won't name drop anybody uh, because I do know who they selected. But in the we, we define here uh, a breakout player as somebody outside of the top 20 last year. Uh, if, if it's it's okay if it's somewhere, you know, but that would mean he's really a breakout yep. uh, for this year. The, who's a breakout player that uh, Mark would uh, give us all this week? AJ Green. All right. I'll say, well, I'll, I'll say he's. You know, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a little tough on you. I'm gonna be a little tougher on you, Mark. He, he's yep. kind of already that kind of name, that kind of caliber, because he's already going in the second to third round. So I'm, I want to go a little bit deeper. You want to go deeper? Let's, let's go a little bit deeper and give us a breakout. Ah, deep. What, what, tell me what round you want. Anything, uh, you know, it's, it's got to be somewhere around the uh, the fifth round area. You know, uh, the guys that have been named in the past, you know, the uh, Eric Deckers, Antonio Brown type players, maybe even uh, just any. I don't want to throw the names out there. I mean, there's tons of guys out there in that range. You got Greg Little, Justin Blackman, and Alshon Jeffrey, Mike Williams. You got Kenny Britt, Robert Meacham, Crabtree, Garcon, anybody, uh, Torrey Smith, those types of guys. Gotcha. All right, I, mean, I got to think about that one because <laughs> I did I did do these questionnaires a couple months ago, and so they had they, one of them was must have player. I said AJ Green, and they said breakout wide receiver. You know, this year I said Julio Jones, and now that's kind of now that's the Vogue thing now. So you you kind of stick to what I you throw one out. Go ahead, Mike. Go for it. Yeah, I'm gonna throw one out. Russell Wilson. <laughs> A deep one. Okay, you want that one? How about Antonio? How about Antonio Brown? All right, we'll we'll give you Antonio Brown. His uh, his stock is climbing now. He uh, he was uh, he was sort of around the fifth. He's moving up into the fourth round area. Antonio Brown is legit. He was a twenty third finishing wide receiver last year uh, for Pittsburgh. Sixty nine catches <clears throat> on one hundred and twenty four targets. That that's not a, a real good catch rate for Antonio Brown, but I love the way they use this kid when they throw him the ball right there on the line of scrimmage and let him make plays. That's the type of uh, that's the type of player that uh, is really exciting to watch. Yeah, he's, he's got he's got really good football speed. He's not the biggest guy, but on the field he doesn't you know he plays bigger than he is and he really is fast. I I hate to give this um, I hate to give this player because he was off of a big game last night. Uh, Torrey Smith is a, is another name that comes to mind as a rookie. Fifty catches in the Baltimore offense on 95 targets, seven touchdowns. That was really impressive. He also played through a groin injury uh, last year. Good rookie out of Maryland. I think I think that's a candidate there. Um, I also have been in love with Ryan Williams ever since he uh, ever since he uh, played his college ball at Virginia Tech, and and I, I named several of my teams. Uh, the Ryan Williams experiment, and all of a sudden, you know, he uh, he has that terrible injury last year. Yep, that's um, funny you say that. I, I I just took him in the seventh round of a draft. I made sure I got him. Yeah, that's the that's the spot to take him, man. Uh, yep. He looks real impressive, Ryan Williams yeah. uh, for you, the Cardinals. I don't know if the offensive line is going to help him much, but he's he's a he's a baller. He looks like Marshawn Lynch and Steven Jackson in the same back. 
Yeah. So he's he he looks very impressive. Mike, I'm also interested in a couple of other guys. Uh, obviously, people throw out the Randall Cobbs, the Brian Quicks for St. Louis. He's in a good position to do something. Greg Little and Justin Blackman are candidates for this. I like Titus Young, Mike. Uh, I think that's a name you've mentioned before. Oh. Titus Young is an, a wide receiver, too, in the Detroit offense. You can't really go wrong if Stafford's throwing you the ball. Yeah, you know what, Scott? He In our draft tonight, he fell and fell and fell. And I was like, guys, you don't understand how good a guy this I mean, this wide receiver is. Did you get him? Especially in the offense that he's in. I mean, you got to go after him. And uh, Titus Young is going to be uh, – he, he's going to be superstar. For Did Detroit you get him, Mike? Because... Yo. You, you, you got Hello? Titus Young in the draft tonight? Do you remember? <laughs> Hell, I can't remember two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, All Titus right, Young uh... got – he got drafted uh, two picks before I did, and I was like, man, I was I was focused on him and gone. So, uh, but I think Titus Young is going to be very uh, impactful for uh, Detroit and any uh, anybody that wants him in uh, fantasy uh, wide receivers because he's that good. I mean, he showed it last year, right? Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. This is Red versus Blue High Stakes Radio. Mike and Scott here, as always on Friday nights. Our special guest of this evening, Mark Deming from Hawk and Roll, ranked the number two player in the world from FootballDiehards.com. When you hear that, what does that do, man? I mean, do you got you got guys in your hometown league, right? In your local league, and they're like, "Oh, dude, whatever, man. I I kick your ass." What What do you say to these? Do these guys know? I'm sure you you kind of throw it around and like send them an email, right, with your ranking on it, don't you? No, I mean you nailed it because the guys you play against. I mean you've been playing against them forever, and and we have like real, you know, traditional home league, and it's it's the whole the whole nine. It's very competitive. It's about as competitive as it gets. So, (laughs) but uh, what you tell them is you say, hey guys, yeah, in this league where you can make trades and manipulate your way if you make mistakes down there. In the high stakes, your draft is pretty much your team, so you yeah. need to know what you're doing, and it's a different format. Sometimes, uh, some people when they play that format, they don't do as well. So, <laughs> you know, we've we've been able to to do really well in that format. Trading is a different animal. Those trade leagues uh, that Mike and I are in, we have a local league draft tomorrow at a, a country club golf course tomorrow. Uh, those are those trade leagues. You do have to trade. You have to draft differently because you're gonna you you draft. I end up drafting commodities, things that I know that I can deal later. People are gonna be coming for me and coming to get the guys later, and yep. you know it, it just kind of changes the strategy a little bit. So exactly, I definitely. I, I definitely feel you on that. Definitely part of the strategy. All right, Mark. Yep. We're gonna move on to the next uh, next part here. We're gonna we're gonna go back to our email at Red Blue Radio, the Red Blue Radio inbox, Red Blue Radio at Gmail this one comes from Steve Wood in Evansville. Hey, FPA, thanks for all you do for the industry. Local league draft coming up, and I have the four pick. PPR, start one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, and one flex. What do I do? Take Calvin or do I grab McFadden? Now, Mark, you said it earlier about Calvin. Talk to yep. us about the strategy here. When you are so – if you go wide receiver – you're not getting a running back in that first round. So what what is that doing to the makeup of the team this year? I, I'm just very confident if you have a team where you have Calvin and like Fred Jackson and another receiver, you have a great team. It just I think that that's a stronger 
formula than one of these backs and some receiver that you get at the end of the board. So uh, <clears throat> I just think Calvin is the only player on his own tier. He really is. If you really break it down, he's the only guy on his own tier. So that's why I have him so high. And it, it, it depends. If you're in a league where a quarterback really score high points, you you know, you could say, hey, look, you could, you'd have to take one of the top QBs. Rodgers is probably the best player. If you're in one league with quarterback scoring, is that big of a component? We have a fantasy QB in the chat room. Mike, you need to not remember to pay us a round in 13 days. K.O. Cruz says, Ramsey's Barden, deep sleeper, like Rip Van Winkle. Just Russ, Scott asked Mark Deming when he who he would take at the 111 between Brady, Gronk, or DeMarco Murray, FFPC rules. Mark, who would you take at 111, Brady, Gronk, or DeMarco in the FFPC? Gronk. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say the Gronk too, man. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, Brady threw him a fastball, and Gronk just caught that thing like it was nothing. <laughs> hey Mark, I, I got a question for you. Uh, I am. Uh, I already know where I'm starting at uh, my my draft uh, slot in the uh, main event in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Starting at number five. I have the number five slot. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going in. Uh, I'm going in Sunday. And a mid stakes event, and uh, I can't wait for it. Looking forward to it. The Kentucky Fantasy Football uh, State Championship, uh, and in that in that event, they you have to bid. That that's what they do. You part of your money to bid on uh, what slot you want. So should I should I take some of my, some of my money to? Bid around the four, five, six slot in practice, or uh, you know what I'm saying there, Mark? I mean, yeah. Should you should you spend money on a, on getting yourself a draft position? Right. Uh, you know, you can make a case either way. It depends if you you have the strategy of like I'm going to save all my money because that hundred and fifty dollars that that guy spent to get the fourth pick, I'm going to use to get the best free agent week six when nobody else has any money, or some people just say, you know what, I really want the draft. I really need this player, so I'll take him at any cost. And if that costs me 200 bucks or 300 bucks, I'll do it. So I, my, my advice would be if you really want someone, pay. But if not, just see where, you know, save the money and see where your cards fall and play them. You know, people get so worked up about where they get, where they pick in the first round and you spend so much energy worrying about it when you're better off to spend your time focused on who you're going to pick in the second and third round because there's always good players in the first round. Yeah. You know? Well, I, you know, I, and, and I appreciate that. I just don't, I don't want to see myself stuck in a situation where, uh, you know, I'm stuck with a 10, <clears throat> 11, uh, 12 pick. I mean, that's not good. You don't like it? You don't like that end of the board? I'm sorry? You don't like you don't like picking at that at that at those spots. I don't like them. I don't like them at all right now. I don't at all. Yeah. So if you really don't like a, a end of the draft board, and then stay away from it. I think you should do something where you feel comfortable. If you, the worst thing you can do is get in one of these high stakes drafts and get uncomfortable from the beginning. So I would I would do stuff where you're comfortable, and you're gonna have a better draft. 
My, uh, Mark, I'm going to ask you this, and then we have another question from the chat room. Uh, a lot of times when we, we – these high states guys, we play a lot of leagues. And, you know, you be you start drafting in the summer, maybe a league here or there, maybe a magazine draft or something. Um, and then, you, then you'll come on and start throwing in a little – a couple of smaller leagues. Then the leagues start to heat up around the preseason. You draft a league here or there. Before you know it, you've done, you know, six, seven, maybe ten leagues for a lot of the guys here. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, man, or, or let's just even say you're not that type of draft, and you go to Vegas and you draft your ten teams or your six teams, and you start to find out that you start drafting the same guys. Do you ever hedge your bet and say, you know what, we've got him, we've got Reggie Bush in six leagues already. Let's let's pass on him right here and go and take another guy. Uh, no, because, you know, it's a good question because it takes some experience to learn to play multiple teams. Because I remember when we started playing more than one or two teams, in the high stakes leagues, it was a little bit of a challenge because of exact, that exact point. I think one year through the you know trial and error process, we we did some hedging, and at the end of the year, I told myself, don't ever do that again because the teams ended up just not really having you know the horses that you want when you hedge it. So I would take the same. If you believe in the same core guys, I would get them as much as possible. You know where you where you can make changes is in the second half of the draft. Like stick with your first ten guys, and if you want to get cute, do it in the and picks, you know, 11 through 20. Don't get cute early. It's that would have cost you a lot of money if Jamal Charles was your guy last year. <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's but also, it, you need, but you know what, you, you, like, for example, if, you, if you're, when in the beginning of the segment, there was the guy who took Jamal Charles or Bob Harris at nine, he better have a running back up his sleeve uh, if he's taking Jamal at nine that he's taking, like we were talking about earlier, like, you know, taking Ryan Williams and getting him. So when he does his thing, you got him. Like, you've got to have a guy in your hip pocket. If you're taking a risk like that, so you know you need it, just because you got your first starting guy, you should pretend like you don't have that guy and then get the next best guy just in case he goes down. You got to have depth. If you don't have depth, you're never going to make it in these leagues. This question but, comes from the chat room, Mark Shane P. Hallam, one of the crew here at Red versus Blue. <clears throat> what has been your best draft strategy to date, and how do you usually approach drafts? So, kind of a two-part question there. Um, you know, if I was going to tell someone how to get better at drafting is, is, is have a strategy where you just, you build a, you know, build your house with a foundation. So if you, you know, the average guy just, you know, when you're in drafts, there are certain people that just do the old fashioned, they grab two running backs and two receivers and then a quarterback and then a tight end. And they build their team out like that. And some guys just do get fancy and take receivers the first three picks if you can, if you do that, you better have a plan on how you're going to finish a strategy off. So, my plan, you know, my advice is make sure your first five picks hit. Like in the fantasy, is so competitive now. If you know, if your first five don't hit, you're not going to, you're probably not going to finish in the money. So, well, Mark, you know, it's funny you say that because uh, over the course of the last few uh, few drafts I've been in, it seems like the first uh, five rounds have been, you know, they kind of go to form it's between six and 12 or seven and 13 is uh where where the real uh i guess the sleepers you know happen so uh, yeah i mean talk about that too yeah so the, the second part of the question was what scott he said first about draft strategy and or most successful draft strategy and what was the second part and then how do you usually approach drafts um you know, once again, just just have a plan. I think the the best way to 
to approach your draft is to is to uh, you know practice the picks in your head. So if you're picking five and and you you run one scenario, so you say, okay, I'm taking you know McFadden at five, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to take Gronk, and then I'm going to take Jordy Nelson. And you write that down, and right. then and then you and then you switch you know you switch it around in your head. Say, what would I do if this guy came? And you start. I think you start building out some teams and seeing which one that you you know could gravitate towards, and then then you pick a pick a strategy and st- you know follow it. I think a lot of guys go in with a strategy in fantasy and they buckle after they have a couple beers, <laughs> or you know what I mean. You see guys who are good and they just melt and draft sometimes. So you wanna you wanna have a strategy and and stay focused. That's it. And I would say to, to, you're exactly right. The the drafts really are one in rounds, you know, six through ten. But it, these days, if you don't, if your first five, like, if they don't, if you only go two for five, and even if you have a great six through ten, you're not gonna. It's too fantasy is too competitive now. It, it, it's those days are over, I think. So that's that's one thing I've noticed about fantasy the last couple of years. It's gotten even. You have to have even better teams. You have to have a darn near all star team to win. In these, uh, you know, to win your division in these leagues, that's what it comes down to. Another email that hit the uh, Red Blue Radio inbox: Randy from Indy, big time Colts fan. Scott, you live in Indy. Can Luck be a number one quarterback this year? Mark, I'm going to defer to you because I'm a little biased living here in Indy. <laughs> uh, I would say Luck. Uh, I mean, take him as your QB too, and see what happens. Or if you want to, if you want to take QB later like, and grab a, you know, if you take a Matt Ryan or a Shaw a little bit later on, and then you want to take like a, a Luck, make sure you know, like we're talking about Ryan Williams. If you if you want Luck, you need to step up and get him because I think people are gonna take Luck a little earlier than people, you know, as ADP is right now because a lot of people are talking about him. Yeah, he's going. Right around the tenth round right now, it seems like. And if we see another good game, especially this RG three luck matchup, I think we're going to see um, that that stock continue to rise. And I and I think the the stock is going to continue to rise for all the Colts players. You've got Kobe Fleener, Reggie Wayne, uh, for the most part, and Donald Brown with probably getting a lot of those dumpers that we've been talking about. It looks like Ballard, the rookie, is going to get a lot of the goal line work. Uh, Reggie Wayne is a tremendous value this year where he's going. Uh, I think he's a lock, stock, barrel wide receiver three, borderline wide receiver two this year with uh, Andrew Luck throwing him the ball. So, yes, he's, he has the older legs, but in the sixth round, uh, where he's going right now, I think he's, he's very hard to turn down. I, I see a guy that got him in the, as a wide receiver four in the sixth round, so incredible value there. Everybody's wondering who's going to be the number two wide receiver in Indy. What we're hearing is that Donnie Avery has been, has been saved up and rested uh, to be that wide receiver, too. We've seen him before in St. Louis. Uh, we've seen him in Tennessee, but not for long. Uh, and so the question is, will there be somebody emerge as that wide receiver, too? Mark Austin Colley, the, the local press is really killing this guy right now. They're asking the Colts organization to just basically, you know, give Colley a, a retirement and his release so that they can, you know, let him uh, – don't hurt his chances at living a healthy – productive life with his family anymore it seems like this that's, guy that's, he that touchdown and he was already turning his head he was like he barely got touched and it looked like there was something wrong that's that's the what the Colts fans are that's the sentiment is they want to 
Yeah, that's that's not good. Yeah, very hard to draft on Colley Point at all, and he was just shaping up to be an absolute uh, sleeper of the year candidate. So let's go ahead and move on to your next category, Mark, that we've queued up for you. We asked these same questions to the number one player in the world last week, John Rozek. This week we're talking to Mark Demon, the number two player in the world, rookie of the year. Lots of candidates here for you, my man. Blackman, Wilson, Martin, Richardson, Quick, Fleener, Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin. What do you, what do you think about rookie of the year? If you, if you said Mark, who's going to win rookie of the year? I, I would say Luck. Um, but that's just uh, such an obvious choice. Um, so I would say luck, and if 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 someone was looking for another like fantasy play, I think that that uh, Kendall Wright might have a he might be a dark horse. Oh wow! I love that pick, man. Yeah. We were just talking earlier about those guys that uh, who was that we were talking about earlier that catches the ball at the uh, the line of scrimmage. And we'll just oh Antonio Brown. So yeah, he's another guy just like that. I watched all of his plays with Robert Griffin, and it's like they toss this guy the ball. He'll just do a, a quick back step at the line, and then catch that ball and just try to make a move and let him let him get open in space. And that's what they want with this guy. And yeah, he's he last night I, with Locker. I can't believe that Michael Floyd went ahead of him in the draft. I was shocked. So I think that he's got something to prove there too. Because I think he thought, I think he thought he should have been the second, you know, he should have been the second receiver. And the thing was, was uh, Holmgren was trying to trade up to get that pick and draft and draft him. So he was, you know, he was a wanted commodity. And Jake Walker is an athlete. He, the guy scrambles and runs, and he, and so they, those guys got a little, they got a little hookup going. You can see it. Uh, uh, Shane Helm actually agreed with you. He had Kendall Wright queued up in the chat room before you answered that, so you've got uh, you've got some friends there. Just Russ in the chat room. Carson will have several huge grabs as RG3 extends plays, a la Demarius Thomas Tebow. What do you think about a Pierre Garcon this year uh, hooking up with Robert Griffin? Yeah, I mean, you uh, you know how preseason works. You have to take it with a grain of salt. If you put too much into preseason, it'll sting you. If you put too little into it, you'll miss out on you know important information or knowledge or just watching games. But if you he looks the part, right? When everyone saw him in that game, he looked like a number one receiver. I think that's what everybody was thinking when they saw those highlights. It was like, whoa, look at Garcon. He, you know, if he put his skill set together because he's big and fast and and uh, he broke a lot of guys' hearts that one, you know, a couple of years ago. He was he was a guy a lot of people were jumping on, including myself. I drafted him a couple of times, and he, you know, that year he didn't quite pay the bills as where he was drafted, so he stung some people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one reason why he's kind of slip. He, you know, he might end up being very productive. Comeback player of the year is the final category tonight, Mark. Comeback player of the year, I think there's no doubt about last year what we saw from steve smith and cam newton cam newton kind of gave gave steve smith's career a resurgence yeah who could be this year's steve smith somebody that's been there before but uh looking to get back there again and we we touched on in the show i'd have to say that'd be that'd be reggie wayne you just use the formula uh you know amazing young quarterback comes in rejuvenates at once uh pro bowl receiver boom last year newton smith so if luck is so good and he's going to be so good, well, then you might as well get Wayne because that's that's what works, right? <laughs> that's the you got to pay attention to stuff. 
So I'll Mike, say I'll, I'll say Wayne. Mike, do you have any uh, thoughts on the comeback player of the year? Yeah, it looks like Reggie Wayne. Uh, I would like to throw in a uh, Tim Hightower for uh, uh, I like that. Washington, but no, nah, it's not even close. It sounds like Reggie Wayne because this this luck kid is. I mean, he's he's so cool. He seems so cool anyway. Uh, and you know, it, it's like, hey man, I've been here and I'll do it again. And uh, Reggie Wayne's buying into Andrew Luck, so. I'm, you know, I go with what? I mean, uh, Reggie Wayne. You know, there's a guy here that uh, I don't know if you can really call it a comeback because he really hasn't went any there anywhere, but his ADP continues to fall. He's always been a top five tight end. Tony Gonzalez, uh, he's being drafted, like I said, in 10th round in FFPC formats, and or, or not that late in, in FFPC, but in, in standard formats. And it's like, this guy, they're getting ready to open up the offense. I know he's getting old, but it's like every year we think that Gonzo's going to fall off the face of the earth, and he never does. He's always right there. So I think he's a candidate to maybe go back to that elite status, especially with the way that Ryan is going to be opening up that offense there. <clears throat> uh, other names that come to mind, um, I don't like Frank Gore at all. I don't think that could happen. I think Willis McGay, he could have a definite resurgence with a Peyton Manning there. I think he looks a lot better than he has in years past. Cedric Benson uh, being in Green Bay, that's big. And they're, they're calling him their best running back they've had since Amon Green. I can't, can't believe that's already happening. Um, Kevin, Kevin Smith Reggie could be Bush. a candidate. Uh, Scott, Reggie Bush. Well, yeah, Reggie Bush was there last year. I mean, he I don't know if you could I think you could call him a comeback candidate for last year. Yeah. Well. Uh, or a breakout candidate for last year. We've always waited on Bush to do something. He was a very high reception guy early on, but he never really panned out. Last year he really did pan out. So um not a lot of other guys. Randy Moss is a candidate obviously. I mean, they're calling him the best receiver in San Fran, but then they're talking about limiting his plays. You can get him in the 12th round. Uh, not a lot of other guys here. Jake Cutler maybe makes a resurgence now that he has Brandon Marshall. That could be a candidate. Okay. Um, I don't Palmer. know. That's... Carson Who? Palmer. There Palmer. You go. Palmer's definite candidate, man. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons there. I mean, every day, Mark, every day I hear another rumor about another wide receiver in Oakland looking like the all-star. You, what, last year it was Denarius Moore. Uh, for a while, it was Darius Hayward Bay this year. Then they started talking about Juron Kreiner, the rookie. And now they're talking about this Streeter kid that's undrafted. And they say, they're saying he's already passed up uh, Juron Kreiner. So I don't know what to make of the Oakland Raiders in their passing situation. Or who's going to catch the ball there? Yeah. yeah. That's a good question. I think I think there's some of us who – I think there's a lot of guys who were in Daenerys Moore's camp. And there's a lot of guys who had Hayward Bay last year. And he actually had some good games for, you know, fantasy owners. So I think some guys got some loyalty to him. And there's like the 50-50 camp on those two guys. And, you know, jury's still out. If, I think if you if you like one of them, it's, it's worth taking them and stashing them to see who pans out. Um, I don't know about Palmer. <laughs> we'll see if he can stay up the whole year. You know, that's just the uh, – Oakland's not – if you know all the things you just said, you don't know if it's A, B, C, D, or E. That's usually like a warning sign that you should probably go elsewhere, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Why do you gotta get cute? <laughs> no doubt. So at the at the right price, yes. But if you're if you're in that dilemma when you, when somebody else is on the board, you might as well take you know a guy that you know you can count on. Yeah. 
Jamal Charles is a candidate for a comeback player of the year as well after the the, the injury that he's sustained. Uh, Mark, one last question here. I want to ask you, you mentioned him earlier, Fred Jackson. Fred mm-hmm. Jackson scares the hell out of me. I can't draft him, but if I'm hurting at my RB2 and he's sitting there at, in that fifth round or that four or five round category and I and I need a running back, I need to know what to do with Fred Jackson because I had C.J. Spiller last year. I took him, and I felt like he carried me through the playoffs. So I have a real good affinity for Spiller. I would draft him again if I could get him in the sixth round uh, because I love his big game potential. But with a Fred Jackson there, it kind of nullifies both of these guys, but I'm still seeing Fred Jackson taking very high. Yeah, I don't – I think Spiller in the sixth, too, that's too early. You, can, you know, it's that's what makes it a tough pick is because you have to take – the the spiller in the in the sixth and usually on a, if on a, even a very conservative handcuff is usually at least the eighth or ninth because there's still a lot of players in the sixth so that's that's one reason why it's a, it makes a tough decision but I kind of liken it to uh, spiller did have a resurgence like he figured it out at the end of last year they were Fitz, you know Fitzpatrick was throwing him throwing him a lot of passes in the slot he was catching balls but. Uh, I think when Fred's healthy, Fred's like Big Brother, so he runs he runs the show, and Big Brother's and you know healthy. So that's the way. Because if you watch the little bit of the preseason, Fred Jackson showed. I mean, he's he was doing it right before he got hurt. He was the he was the value running back pick of the year last year. The guys who had Fred Jackson on their teams and high stakes were really doing well because Fred was getting you know really high production at, at RB two. So he, that's a classic example, Scott. He is not a sexy pick. That's why it's hard to do it, right? Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Because I, you know, I, I I told you I did that draft where I had in a ten-team league. I had ten, and I went AJ Green, Julio Jones, and in my third and fourth rounds, I got Marshawn Lynch and Fred Jackson. I'm like, that's a great core. I got the whole. That was the whole idea, like build a core, you know, of guys that of that could could do it. Yeah, you just had a question in the chat room, and they were asking you what you would do at the 11-12 turn, and that was just kind of your answer there. Green and Julio, if you could do that, that's that's what you would do there. So I do want to read you off this draft. I was really impressed with what Lenny did in the uh, in the draft uh, Sharks Challenge on <clears throat> Wednesday night. He took Darren McFadden. This is from the six-hole, WCFF rules. Darren McFadden, Roddy White, I would have taken Green. Hakeem Nix, Jeremy Macklin. Michael Turner, C.J. Spiller, Eli Manning, Kenny Britt, Rashad Jennings, Jared Cook. Right. So we had McFadden, Turner, Spiller, White, Nix, Macklin, Britt, Eli Manning, Cook, and Jennings. So, you know, he kind of covered all his bases, and he's the one that took Spiller in the sixth there. You, you you might be right. It might be a little high. If he could have taken a Kevin Smith there, man, what a wide what a what an RB3 that would have been. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, if something happens to Fred, then he looks like gold at six, right? Because Spiller will get a lot of scratch. Yeah, Spiller's the type of pick that you take when, you, when you're when you competing against a thousand other teams. Mark, thank you so much for being on Red versus Blue. You've got a lot going on in Vegas right now. You, uh, I know there's a lot of drafts, and, and there's there's going to be some craziness going on in Vegas this year. You've got a lot of stuff going on at the Mirage. Yeah, you know, we're uh, – my partner Ian Ritchie from Hawk and Roll, we've you know, put together a new, a new tournament, and we're. You, I know people have been, uh, you know, on FF Toolbox and and on our site, uh, checking out the tournament on the message boards, and we're just encouraging people to, you know, come to, come to our tournament and play. Check us out online, um, fulltimefantasy.com. 
it's our it's our first year and we're you know we we've uh, done this based around doing a tournament based to support the players we were players we started you know we were just fancy guys we heard about this back in the day in 2001 about all these guys coming to vegas and kind of putting their chips in against each other and saying hey if you think you're the best come on down and play and and we really had such a great time meeting people and playing in it and it became a passion of ours and so we're you know putting the passion on paper and and uh launching our own tournament so we've got a lot of good stuff going i mean from uh you know from for example we're if you if you're the highest scoring team in our main event this year we're giving away a fiat so that was nice. that was a promotion that um you know Ian and I thought about as is you know we got this car and a lot of people could would have maybe done other things with it but we were like we're going to give this to the players what should we you know what should we reward somebody with and we thought that that was if you finish number 1 in the regular season it's the most it's the it's the best achievement that you know people just don't know about and you should be rewarded so for example you know we're doing we're doing things like that year 1 cuz we want to let people know we're we're doing this for the players and it's going to be an awesome event for example that we've got uh you know promotions with Roto Bowl that are going on, so we've got a, a, you know, a different price point, so you don't have to play high stakes. You can play at a $500 price point, a $259 price point. We've got a a, a viewing party on Sunday, another thing that uh, you know, Ian and I came up after doing all these tournaments. We got all these guys, all these great people who come in, and this is like Christmas for them. And and then on Sunday, when the when the big games come, we we get shunned by Vegas, right? Like all these fancy guys, we have nowhere to go. Sports books are full, and this is supposed to be our moment. And and so we're you know we're tired of that. So we're we're throwing a, a viewing party on Sunday. It's going to be at the you know the Palms Key West Ballroom. Anyone who plays in any of the high stakes tournaments is welcome to come. We want it to be a you know celebration of fantasy. We're going to have coffee, tea, soda, beer, hot dogs, burgers, um, you know appetizers. And then we've got a uh, you know promotion with Cantor Gaming, who's going to be sponsoring that party. And if you show up, you're going to be able to have access to their tablets, and you'll be able to have in-game betting and bet any game you want. So you don't have to go to the sports book and stand in line with all the you know Joe Schmoes. We're trying to take care of the fancy players and show them some new exciting stuff. So we're we're excited. We Mark, want to... I what, man, that sounds so exciting, and uh, we can't wait to. Uh... I mean, I'm going to be a part of it. And, you know, I just love it. Uh, you know, I can hear the passion in your voice, and that, that means a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's, we're we're very passionate about it, and we're, you know, it's our first year, and we know that, you know, take, things take time, and you build businesses, but we're doing it, and we're 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 trying to go for it and, and, and uh, you know, increase this market and bring new people in and, and grow it and, and make it for everybody. We don't want to have any kind of, you know, exclusive deals. We want this to... Want to grow it and and also, you know, give uh, the people who have played. We're saying, hey, come play in our tournament. We've, we're giving away, we're guaranteeing the money, and and we're new. So if you got experience, come play. Sounds like a blast, man. Well, yeah. good luck to you uh, in all the uh, events there. The the party sounds like a good time. Mark Damming from Hawk and Roll, the number two ranked player in the world. A big part of the fantasy football world championship. Thanks for being on Red versus Blue, man. You're welcome back anytime, friend of the program. And yeah. uh, Telly and Richie, we said what's up. Yeah, you guys, are, you guys are awesome. Great, great program. I, you know, I'd love to come on anytime.
All right, man. Mike, we'll see you tomorrow when I kick your tail, like always, in the Legends League. From Scott and Mike, we'll see you next week. Red versus blue. All right, good luck. Good luck. Get along. I'm on I'm getting so cold. I ain't went this hard since I was 18. Apologize if I say anything I don't mean. Like, what's up with your best friend? We could all have some fun, believe me. And what's up with these new niggas? And why they think it all comes so easy? Forget it while you here, boy. Cause all that hype don't feel the same next year, boy Yeah And I'll be right here in my spot with a little more cash than I already got Tripping off you cause you had your shot With my skin tan and my hair long With my fans who've been so patient Me and 40 back to work but we still smell like a vacation Hate the rumors, hate the bullshit, hate these fucking allegations I'm just feeling like the throne is for the taking Watch me take All it. I care about is money in the city that I'm from I'ma sip until I feel it, I'ma smoke until it's done I don't really give a fuck and my excuse is that I'm young And I'm only getting older, somebody should've told you I'm on one, yeah Fuck it, I'm on one Yeah, I said I'm on one Fuck it, I'm on one Two white cups that I got that drink, could be been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.